The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Romacraft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after after show, show. the after show. It's the after show, and uh, Ed Sullivan, Mr. Jonathan, why would a cigar manufacturer go to Europe to a trade show to open new territories when they can't supply their current cigar smokers and customers here in the good old USA? Greed. Let me, let me count the ways. I have seven of them. Maybe you guys have more, but I have seven of them here. This is when everybody's gearing up, getting ready to go to Dortmund, Germany, mm. to the Intertobac trade show. And it used to be a few of them went, and now everybody's going. Small mm. guys, everything. Guys selling uh, into Europe where we don't have their cigars in stock. Huh. And they're looking at new markets. They're looking to create new countries. Once you go to that, that trade show, you could pick up as much as 70 countries hmm. there. Yeah, it's a giant show, right? Yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm scratching my head and saying, why are they doing it? I've been asked many times to go do it. And uh, if you can't supply the people you have, why would you, you know, why would you even open up another cigar store when you can't keep your current customers happy, right? Um, So seven reasons. Number seven is diversification. Uh, By expanding into new territories, a manufacturer can reduce its reliance on a single market. If a downturn manufacturer can still generate revenue from um, other markets. I'd say if you got a dog and it doesn't sell here and you know it's a good cigar anyway, for whatever reason it's not selling, you could try it over there. Vega Fina Mm. is an Altadas brand. It is number one in Europe and it did not sell here in the United States. Oh, maybe it was the color of the packaging, this, this, this. They didn't change it. They put it over there, and for whatever reason, it worked over there, which is pretty weird. Isn't it kind of a little bit like dating? You know, you've got your kind of steady chick that you know you can take out on Saturday night, but if you get an opportunity to maybe go out on a Friday night or an off night, mm-hmm. like a Tuesday, and it's somebody else, don't you go for a little strange sometimes? I don't get the, <laughs> I don't get the connection here at all. There really isn't one. I just wanted to tell you, I got a little strange last oh, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, when we had the FDA looming, there were some companies that were putting cigars out only in Europe yes. because they didn't have that. So I think some dipped their toes. But a that little makes bit. sense. That That's hedging your sense. bets. If the if the U.S. economy is going to shut down on your new products, right? 
then, yeah, you've got to get yourself established well, in another country. And it wasn't clear for a while if you could have a new product right. in the U.S. Right. So some went to Europe with new. Uh, Romacraft. Yep. That they created a product just for Germany, yep. actually, uh, before it was cool, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Before it was cool. Uh, number six, market potential. The manufacturer might identify untapped market potential in other countries where this could lead to higher sales and profit in the long term. So I guess it's a way to grow, no doubt about it. Um, my, my issue here is that you don't have enough to go around to begin with. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know a manufacturer out there right now that's saying, well, we have a glutton of product. No. And the reason is they don't have enough rollers and they don't have enough tobacco and all this stuff. They certainly they- don't have enough aged tobacco. Right. And I'd be interested. I don't know if you've seen any European price lists. Do they get more for the product right, in Europe? Right. I mean, take all the taxes out, right? I don't know. If you can get more somewhere else, is that the right thing to do? And is it, uh, do you think it's a, a, a thought process of, um, like, we have very different roles here in at Two Guys. We have Ed the buyer. He goes out and makes the buys. He yep. goes to the trade shows. Uh, you handle some of the logistical stuff as far as you literally, you do a lot, you do everything. (laughs) Um, And then you have the managers for each individual store and they may decide, you know what, this brand isn't working here. um, So let's move it out. Do they have a sales force for Europe? And they say, your job is to go open up Europe. And that sales guy doesn't care that there's not enough right. supply for the United States. He's just going that's, to do his job. That's my territory. It's not New England. It's, right. It's England. You right. Know, whatever. Although, is the sales approach different in Europe? Isn't it all distributors, all distributors. that deal with the yeah. retailers? Yeah. So you're not dealing with consumers. They don't have to right. go there and do events. That guy can unload an awful lot of product in one check yeah. that isn't bouncing. Yeah. Yeah. Prices, no prices receivable with that. I wonder if they net net more when that ends up happening. I know they have issues to do because yeah. it's a lot of pain in the ass of warning labels and things to right. each different country and all that. But it must be worth it, right? Or why yeah. would they be going? I, I think some of them even have nicotine level testing really? over in Europe. So, all right. Uh, number five is global brand presence. Establish a presence in multiple countries and enhance the manufacturer's global brand recognition. This can be beneficial in overall brand value. So the brand is more valuable because, you know, maybe a European company is going to buy you out, right? And, and there you are in their backyard also when they see it. Listen, I know somebody that played that well uh, and ended up <laughs> selling their company. Um and the, the you know, I hear manufacturers say it all the time that we had Rocky up here. He was telling us, oh, I'm going to this country, this country, this country. Uh, we're available in, in 97 countries. He's going on a month-long vacation with his girlfriend to celebrate her birthday. Well, but Nick has been making the rounds of Europe. Nick yep. Perdomo. Yeah. And I think he was working, maybe having a little fun. Too. Yeah, but stopping by each country to see yep. the manufacturer. Me see the um, distributor of each country and all that. No doubt about it. I mean, I I went to dinner with him, and he had different distributors uh, with us at dinner. So uh, it's happening, and and it's um, maybe even your advertising dollar goes further that you put an ad 
mm-hmm. in say Cigar Aficionado, Cigar Journal, right. Cigar Journal, which is big over there too, that you're getting the play of all this. Right. For a long time, people were taking ads in Cigar Journal for things that weren't available in Europe. Yes. Yeah. So there's a uh, risk diversification. Operating in multiple countries can spread the risk associated with economical, political, and regulatory changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. That all of a sudden you got a, a country that goes no smoking or some sort of war on tobacco or something, and you got the next country next door. I wonder if we're, we're in the border of Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Is there countries, because Europe is much like New England, where the, here's the next country, next country, not the t- area. <laughs> And Germany, which is the number two market right now in the world, uh, only second to the United States, that um, whatever's connected to Germany on one side, there may be a high tax or or thing they cross mm-hmm. over and they get their cigars. I just don't think it's as easy to move from country to country as it is to go from state to state be- within a country. Isn't it became a-, a lot easier for the European Union. Countries, yeah. just a train, right? You jump on the train, you go to the next stop, and next stop. Is- I mean, for a while they had, you know, established borders, and you'd have to go through customs with the EU. Yeah, it became more unified. Yeah. So, and you know, you know, in the summertime, even though we're in lower part of New Hampshire, the lowest part of New Hampshire that we're in, people travel down from Canada, yeah, you know, just to buy cigars. And not just to buy cigars. I'm no. sure there's other things, but they're allowed 50 cigars going back tax-free. Yeah, they have to be here for 48 hours. So they're filling the time to do other stuff. They didn't come to do the other stuff. They came to yeah. get the cigars. <laughs> and Because him and his wife are both getting 50 cigars I got, each. I got at least three Canadians that come down with their wife and their t- one guy with his two adult children. Yeah. <laughs> That's 200 cigars that yeah. can make it the back over the border. The kids don't even want to go. They just get And kidnapped. another guy... Has, two other guys, I'm sorry, have uh, friends that they bring. So again, it's 200 cigars. Yeah. Because it's it's 50 per adult that goes over. It's four transactions. You got to have four receipts. Mm. Yeah. It's a yeah. whole thing. So why would cigar manufacturers go to Europe to a trade show to open new territories uh, when they can't supply their current uh, People here, their customers, including uh, retailers and consumers. Uh, we said diversification, market potential, global presence, risk diversification. And I have three more, but right now, let's make some beautiful music with Avo Cigars. From moments worth remembering to stories worth telling and notes worth savoring, Avo Cigars. Lyrics of top charted songs. Can you guess the name of the song and the artist from the wrong lyrics or even the right ones? Avo Cigars. And I do want to defend myself last week. It was sub-second before Eric jumped in after you threw the cue to me on this one. I would have had to step on him. And You remember last yeah. week? Yeah. He was right on. As soon as you finished, he was oh, right he in there. He had the go-go's in his phone. Uh, I immediately demanded his man card and uh, told him that he shouldn't be telling anybody that anymore. Well, our lips are sealed. Our lips are sealed. Now you know it. You oh, know. yeah. You well, know. I knew the song, okay. but I, I, 
I got to tell you, all I knew was our lips are sealed. I don't know the lyrics to a go-go song. You got to know this one. Really? Yeah, this is a slam dunk for you. Get ready, Jonathan, because uh, he's going to know it. I'm going to give you the bell here for a second. (laughs) Hit the bell if you do it. You just raise your hand if you do it. I'm going to look at you because you're going to get it. But you hit the bell if you get it because I want to give you a chance, Mr. Jonathan. There's a wino down the road. There's a wino down the road. That's the lyric? Yep. That's the fake lyric. That's the misheard lyric. Wow, I'm surprised. There's a wino down the road. Is it Eric Clapton? No. Okay, I'm moving on to the real words. I'm shocked. Wino? You were shocked about the Go-Go's that no one's ever heard of. (laughs) The real words are, and as we wind down, wind on down the road. There you go. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Stay away to heaven. Uh, I'd like to guess Led Zeppelin. No. He didn't raise his hand. He did. did. (laughs) You weren't looking. He did. I went. Yeah. I gave a little wave even. And I kept my hand on the table, to be fair. It's like you can't draw before. Yeah. No draw. It was a slam dunk, but the wino down the road, no? Wino. wino At least this song I've heard of. And I've played. All right, we're talking about uh, wood cigar manufacturers go to why wood cigar manufacturers go to Europe to a trade show. This is happening, uh, and they're going to open up new territories, and they can't supply their current customers, which are retailers here in the United States, and we can't supply our customers uh, because we're not going to get them because you're going to open up fucking four more, four more countries. Excuse me. I'm, uh, he's I'm he's just, aggravated. I'm, get, I'm getting ready to get aggravated. So your customers will have to get on an airplane and go to Europe? No, to they're get not going to be. They're going to say, you didn't order my cigars, and I did order your cigars. Mm. They just didn't ship the cigars. That's because they're fulfilling an order from a customer they don't even have or know who they are. In Germany... Italy, France, Spain, wherever, they, wherever they're going to go. Yeah. In fact, uh, until they get the sales cycle going, they may just be sitting in a distributor's warehouse, right. Right. unsold in Europe, and but you they, can't but, get But anything. they collected their money. So why would they do it? Long-term planning. Expanding new territories might be for long-term strategy. Uh, and yes, it, it, listen, I'm, I'm against having... 10 good customers, I'd rather have 100, you know, and then when one leaves you or something that doesn't hurt as much, or, you know, on, on the extreme, they want 2,000 accounts here in the United States. Um, and then if somebody like a two-guy smoke shop drops selling you a cigar, it doesn't hurt you, as opposed to if you say, I'm just going to have the, the top 10 customers in the United States, well, that would really hurt if one of them ended up leaving you. Now, you really got to ask yourself, which came first? Is it the shortage that came first or opening of Europe that came first? Because when you open Europe, again, you're going to a distributor. So the order isn't going to be, give me one to show, one to go. It's, I'll take 100 boxes of every size of every wrapper. Now, what does that do to your distribution center? Of course, painful. It's coming. It's coming. So did the... Opening of Europe caused the shortage because of those opening orders, is my question. Ah, well, we know that 
more than 50% of their cigars now are New World cigars, these cigars, where just a couple of years ago, that wasn't the case at all. The only person really uh, making a move there was Davidoff, a little bit of Oliva, and now it's becoming everybody. And the price of Cuban cigars, which it's getting worse and worse every day. In uh, a shortage of Cuban cigars on top of it, and the price is too high, those smokers need to smoke something. They're going to smoke these things. And you know something? They're never going to get off them. When, they, when the availability or price goes down on Cuban cigars, they're going to say, wow, these suck. I finally realized that after smoking these other ones. But I know, so I know which principal owners have missed anniversary parties because they, yeah, usually, they're going to Dortmund, yeah. Germany. And then the... I fucking forget where I was going with right, that. Sorry. But because of this trend, you've pretty much, and for other reasons too, you shifted the anniversary oh, party yes. because you were starting to get all these sure. people who said, well, I, I'm going to Dortmund. Yeah. And, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but at the, at the time when this used to happen, we bought more cigars than Germany. Right. <laughs> than the country. And it's not the case anymore because they've moved so much stuff out, and now it's, it's adding up to The companies lot. that were out of specific product in are the companies that in that 2015-2016 timeframe when FDA, in 15, there were rumors that it was yeah. going to happen. In 16, it happened. Those are the companies that we're short on. So I think it is the demand from Europe is causing the shortage uh, in the United States, not the manufacturers are all of a sudden hip to, oh, there's a European Union, let's go sell cigars in there. There may be some of that coming, but the majority of the stuff that we're out of are companies that have been established in Germany for a couple of years. Well, they're all going this year, let me tell you. Mm. Everybody I talk to says, yeah, I'm going. Aren't you going? <laughs> no, I'm not going. I can't supply enough people in the United States. That's you yeah. know, Our regular customers are asking for more of our cigars. Oh, let me go sell, you know, make the effort to sell um, but if they're paying more there, and the greed, the first word that came out of your mouth yep. when they said, uh, is, that, is that an option? I don't know. Um, so uh, number two is competitive advantage. By entering new territories, the manufacturer can have potential gain of a competitive advantage over a rival by reaching customers in markets that competitors haven't yet tapped into. So that was the beginning of it, that some of these guys jumped in early when other people weren't doing it. It wasn't adding up to a lot, but they were get, getting their traction. Okay, they know who I am here, and, and if this ends up happening, which it did, mm -hmm. that all of a sudden they're not carrying Cuban have been cigars. Hedged at that point. Yeah, so listen, Pronomo's entrenched in there. Oliva's entrenched in there. Um, Possibly Rocky wasn't as entrenched as you would think he was. That's why he's doing what he's doing. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of Aladino now in Europe. Yeah, he's going. Yeah. He was just here the other day, and he said, I'm going. I'm going. And I'm like, okay, uh, how, how are we on um, <laughs> you know, our stuff or whatever? But um, he, he's okay because he he's vertically integrated and has lots of the Yeah, I think he's them. got some capacity yeah. left, but some of them don't. No, and they're going. Yeah. So, so it makes me think of number one, the number one reason why a cigar manufacturer would go to Europe to a trade show and open up a new territory when they can't supply their current customers here in the good old USA, follow the money. 
they get more money uh, right now because Cuban cigars have set the price and they can price it anything that they want, which can be higher than they're getting wholesale from us. Mm-hmm. They'll get a higher wholesale price from them. Uh, therefore, screw the existing customer. I'm getting more from this guy I don't even know. Yeah, that, that's why I think it would be fascinating to see European price lists. Yeah, <laughs> and do the math of, of saying how <laughs> yeah. it is. But And uh, from what I understand – the retailer makes far less than a retailer makes here in the United States on margin mm. of the it's it's set yeah depending what country that everybody sells it for the same price right uh, it's well a, because it's coming from a distributor the distributor yeah. will just shut you off yeah they've got the final say so uh, I want to know the wholesale price yeah. See what what you is the wholesale price? I'm going to work on it now, now <laughs> I, I've gone through it but who's going to tell me the truth right. <clears throat> Are you selling wholesale more expensive? By, by the way, you happen to live in Florida. You're getting on a plane and you're flying to Europe, mm-hmm. and you're doing extra work to make your packaging work for there. Yeah, you get you get more money, right? To get more it has money has to be yeah. the whole thing. You know, I, I say that's the answer to the to the question: Is you're getting more money? And the first word that came out of your mouth, greed. Let so, me get it, but, but the, I think the very first manufacturer that comes out and says, "Listen, we are clearly as cigar smokers falling on hard times," and do what Perdomo did, which is lower the price. The very first guy that lowers the price becomes the clear winner. I think McAuliffe did it. McAuliffe came out with a lower price cigar. They didn't lower the mm, price. Right, right. That's true. But they could have got a lot more for that cigar. They could have. It, it didn't make any sense that all their cigars are much higher than mm-hmm. that than that that cigar. We're talking to McAuliffe Black here. So, uh, and, and it wasn't like they had, like Nick did it to his monster brand already. Right. He lowered the price on a on a brand that was already selling like tens of millions of cigars and lower the price. But he also, didn't he also fall? That was around the same time that um, Cusano didn't exactly know. I'm sorry. Davidoff didn't exactly know what to do with Cusano. They were messing around with the packaging and maybe changing it. FDA comes in and says you can't change the box counts. They actually handed Cusano off to do a distributor right away. They didn't want to touch mm. it. No, nope, I'm not going to spend my reps time and energy and stuff selling into stores when I can just give it to a distributor and the distributor didn't even pay it. It was what, what a shame what ended up happening on that one. Because when you lower your, when you have two monster brands at that time, one guy lowers his price and the other guy sells off and the, the eye gets taken off the ball completely. Oh, it was beautiful. It's, it's that, it was ripe a, for brand switching. It was a, it was a reason for doing that. I, I would, imagine that that had a factor in it. It had to have. Yeah, it was good. So warning manufacturers, entering new territories can be a strategic move that offers long-term benefits and uh, mitigates risk, but the shortage could piss off your existing customers, retailers, and consumers, and done consistently could destroy your brand globally. So be careful. I understand that's going on and what's going on here. But uh, I say the winner is the guy that's going to stay here and say, no, I'm going to take care of my existing customer instead of the customer I don't know and will never know because you're dealing with a distributor. So that is the the, uh, after show this week. Next week on the Cigar Authority, um, what is the difference between a cigar and a premium cigar? 
Uh, and what is the difference between a... No, that is it. That is, uh, he will not be joining us. What's the difference between a, a cigar and a premium cigar? Uh, we'll get into that. What makes the difference? Is it just price? Is it different things? We're going to get in. We, we're have, go we have ideas. We got ideas. We're going to catch you next week right here on The Cigar Authority. Stick the lit end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.